Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. These six questions in your organization. And you're going to see these are not new things. The questions are, one, behave as an organization. Do you? exist. Two, how do we behave as an organization? Three, what do we actually do? Four, how will we succeed? What is important right now and who must do what? If you can answer those six questions, you will create a certain level of clarity and health that will beat your, competitor, your competition. So true empowerment is in clear and consistent messages. So these are not new things. We all know them, but sometimes not very deliberate. And like I said, I've experienced this firsthand. So as I was preparing, I was thinking, okay, what does God say about these things? You know, sometimes you read things out there, although the authors are Christian, we know. But then sometimes you're wondering, is this biblical? (laughs) Does God care about clarity? So I picked out these six uh, the sixth question, I put verses to them, but there is a lot more, all right? There is a lot more. So one, why do we exist? God was very clear. He created you in his own image, and he sent you out to be fruitful and multiply, and then said, go and dominate the world, the earth, yeah? That's why you're here, for dominion, to multiply and be fruitful. Then how do we behave? Proverbs is a good place to start about behavior. Uh, what do we do? Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 talks about uh, God gifted us with different gifts, uh, strengths, uh, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, etc. And he said, you go out and uh, minister to the church so that the church can realize the full potential in Christ. Yeah, that's a summary. Then say, how will we succeed? Matthew 28, 18 to 20. I love this. Worship of us loves this. The key thing there is we will succeed because we, he's given us authority. Yeah? He's given us authority. Still, what is most important right now? To go and make disciples. Yeah? And then what must we do? 2 Timothy 2, 2 talks about teaching these things to faithful men who will teach others. So this is my image of God has been clear about certain things and he likes us to be clear. That's why the, the Bible is a good place for us to read. Good, we read every day so that we get clarity and clarity. All right? So let's go through. Yeah, those are references. Those are good books to read. The Advantage, Patrick Lencioni. Start with Why by Simon Sinek. And also Build to Last by Jim Collins. So if you want to read any material, those are key places to Start. So question number one, why do we exist? Why do we exist? I used to struggle with this thing for years. As an individual, first of all, but also as an organization. And really, any organizations, why should largely start with the founders, all right? If organizations have been in existence for a longer period, you want to go back and see why did the founders start this thing? 
And it's about why you really exist. And like we'll see, you go de- deeper than what you do. All right? In our business, we do pest control services. Is that why we exist? You might be branding. Is that why you exist? Or telecom, or, or beauty, or financial services. Why really do you exist? You have to go deeper than that. One of the issues we had, not issues, but challenges we had while preparing the sermon is, do we give tools? You know? Uh, but realize tools are a longer thing. That's another story altogether. I went through something like this for our company with a gentleman called Chris Subuga, and it took us about six months to come up with answers to these six questions. Six months. So there's space and resources we can use to find out why actually we do exist. <clears throat> and they say it has to be idealistic. It's something that is good for humanity, but also almost impossible to achieve. Yeah? Uh, one of our whys is to develop people. We believe we need to develop people. And our dream is, yeah, can we develop every employee to the best of their knowledge? It's almost impossible, because you can't do that. We have 90, 90 staff. How do you improve each one of them to the best that they can be? It's almost impossible, but that's what we feel in our hearts. And we're going to share other examples. And then it guides you. That why guides you when you're lost. You know? I used to struggle with the fact that ah, I can do a lot more. You know, I can do a lot more than pest control, than cleaning, than uh, all the other things I've tried to do. I can do a lot more. But then when I came to discover the why, I became comfortable. Yeah? I became comfortable. I don't have to run around. If it's about developing people, I will do that with whoever is around me. Yeah? So it gives you, it motivates you to move on and guides you when you're lost. And then why should employees get up every day? If your employees know why they should get up every day, they'll get up willingly. Yeah? They'll do whatever they have to do. This guy, uh, Serena, Serena was sharing, that's how these guys wake up every Saturday morning, early in the morning, to go and do what they have to do. The chances are high that they actually know in there what they want to do. Will you do it without getting paid? That's another key question for you. Can you do it without getting paid? Are you doing your business just to cater for your bills, like Moses says? You know? If that is the case, that's not your why. So when the bills don't come, what happens? Do you give up? So it's important to find our why and then communicate it to everyone. And it's not a differentiator. It's not a marketing tool. Yeah? If it's one of those things that you use to brand yourself or enter the market, no. It will not really help. Yeah? So without your core ideology, a company will never be visionary. It limits you. Without your core ideology, you're limited. And I shared these three. Just to note that that, is, that might not be MTN's why, but I read that that's their core why. Yeah? So, for worship harvest, I've shared these three examples. First of all, sometimes we think these things are for big organizations. Eh? Yeah? No. Doug and Bragan, that's the last logo, is an SME. And we know that even smaller companies, two staff, three, four, five, we need to find out our why. Because it's actually a catalyst to multiplying. Yeah? It will be very difficult to grow to what you want if you don't know your why. So, worship harvest is the first one. 
catalyze spiritual, social, and economic renewal in our immediate communities, and as a result, the world. We read that every Sunday. So, worship harvest is a catalyst of spiritual, social, and economic renewal. You want to see people's lives change. MTN to make customers' lives a whole lot better. And Doug and Bragan, customer experiences and people development. Now, notice that you can have, let me, the easy one is uh, MTN. You can have a telecom company, have the same why. A branding company, have the same why. Serene Beauty, have the same why. Because it's something bigger than what you do. It's the reason you wake up every morning. It's the reason you, you breathe. It's the reason you do everything you do. Okay? So the question you need to ask yourself, I need to take down now, is why do you exist as a business? Why do you exist? Is it to cater for your bills? If you're not yet sure, it's a good place to be because sometimes you keep on rediscovering yourself. Yeah? So all hope is not lost. It's never too late. Big organizations start some of these things late. I know most of us here are SME, so it's a good place to start. The second question is, how do we behave? So this gives personality to the company. Yeah, it gives personality to the company. Uh, I, was, I was somewhere, and I invited someone to church to worship a vest. And they said, ah, ah, ah. Yeah, seriously. You know? Then someone else shared that uh, they, were, they were at, was it a wedding or something? And then someone, because of the way they were giving, someone told them, you guys must be from worship harvest. Yeah. And when they asked why, he said, because you're generous. You know? And one of our values is generosity. These are real stories, yeah? So, the way you behave as an organization gives it personality. Uh, Acts, was it Acts 4? I, I can't recall where. Where J Peter, Peter, and J Peter and John had been arrested and they were being questioned, by, I think, by the Pharisees. And they kept on responding. They kept on responding. And people were giving testimonies of what the things, the things they had done. And guess what they said? They said, these guys... They are uneducated. They must have been the ones with who? With Jesus. You know, the way you behave means a lot. Yeah, so your organization should be that kind where there's certain behavior that is basic. Yeah? So by, uh, every Christian should be healing. If you're not healing, you're like, you heal someone, ah, that's a Christian. You know? So how do you behave? It gives personality to the organization. Then it reduces the need for inefficient and demoralizing micromanagement. Yeah? If you have a way you behave, then you don't have to worry about people's behavior. If there are certain values that you uphold, you don't have to worry about people's behavior. And we are going to see the types of, 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 of behavior. The other thing is, it can easily, very easily, attract the right customers and staff, but also repel the wrong customers and staff. I shared with you the, the, the story of Manchester United. When they are recruiting players, they consider their values. Are these guys long-term thinkers? You know? So they consider all those things outside the skill. 
So you can attract customers and stuff and repel wrong ones, yeah? If you're dealing, if you're behaving a certain way, there are people who will not come to you. Uh, there's an association which I'm part of. And there were certain ideas that were creeping up. Then some of us put our foot down and said, this will not happen. And that conversation ended and some people left the association. Yeah? So the wrong people will move, the right people will be attracted. So if an organization is tolerant of everything, Are we safe? Okay. So that's about behavior, right? Uh, then the next question is, how shall we succeed? How shall we succeed? No, what do we do? The next question is, what do we do? So what do we do is a basic, yeah? It's very basic. It's like the, act, the actual service you offer, Yeah? If you're a cleaner, you're a cleaner. If you're a saloon, you're a saloon. If you're advertising, you are advertising. That's a basic. But still, like I said, everyone must know. Every person in the organization must know. You must create a lot of clarity around that. And it's always clear and straightforward. No, no, no. I missed something. Yeah, values, types of values. Lenchoni uh, categorized these uh, identify these types of values. The core value, which is in the center, is that thing that it's a must in the organization. Yeah, It's a must. If it is hard work, it is hard work. It's such a must that you're willing as a company to be punished for it. That when, you're, when, you're, when your staff are doing this thing or behaving like this, you will support them whatever way. Are we together? He talks of a story, an airline, which has humor as one of their core values. Southwestern Airlines. And one of their clients complained about uh, the, 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 the air hostess who was making a lot of jokes on the plane during the announcements, the safety announcements. And this guy reported to the airline. <laughs> it's amazing what they responded. They told him, we will be glad to let you go, something like that. We will miss you. Because for them, humor is the key thing. So, Mike, your staff has, is humorous. They report to you. It's always easy to say, you know what, calm down your humor. They said, you know what? We will see you. Hmm? So, one of our, as Doug and Bragan, we had a, a, core comp, a, a core value of safety. And we go to places and the customer doesn't want to leave before because we're using hazardous chemicals. And they go, no, you spray them around, you know. We tell them we will not work. And when the report comes, say, yes, we will not work. We did not work because of ABCD. If your staff are not willing to leave, please feel free to cancel the contract. And that happened many times. Because people don't know this, the, the dangers in exposing yourself to pesticides. But because we know and we've upheld that as a core value, we will not tolerate that. Yeah? So it's something that when your staff leave it, you will be with them no matter what. You're willing to be punished. You're willing to lose business because they're doing that value. Then there's aspirational. Those are the ones you want to achieve. Eh? You don't have the value, but you're looking up to it. Yeah? 
and then accidental, those ones, accidents, really. Uh, for example, I've been to a certain bank, and the tellers look a certain way. Yeah? Yeah, I, I won't mention the bank. They look a certain way. And you almost think that they only employ brown ladies who are tall, you know, things like that. Yeah? Those are accidental values. You're wondering what the HR is doing. Then permission to play are those values that are good to have, like integrity. You don't need to have it in your heart to say, you know what? We shall be integral in our business. Okay? So how does your organization behave? That's another question to ask yourself. What do we do? I've said that's basic. It's about what exact service you offer. Worship harvest, plant life giving, disciple making, community renewing churches. That's what worship harvest actually does. Yeah? MTN fixed, fixed wireless and mobile telecommunication services. That's what they do. But their why is to make people's lives better. So Doug and Bragan, pest control, cleaning, repair services. So that is an easy question to actually answer. But again, it has to be clear to everyone. Because then someone will come and say, what would deal? Yeah, then you want to go into that business. So you need to stay core. Although this can change. Yeah, this can change, but it has to be a planned change. It has to be a planned change. Number four, how will we succeed? Most people call that strategy. So what's your plan for success? They recommend at least three strategic anchors on which, what, what, which can guide you in making decisions. Yeah? What will help you beat your competitors in everything that you do? What, and for me, this is one of the biggest, as we did that exercise that I shared, it took us, I think, three quarters of the time, drilling down to our actual strategy. So you look back at what you're doing, what customers love about you, or what you can improve to beat your competitors. And two businesses can have different uh, strategy, strategic anchors. I could have a strategic answer for price, yours could be for quality, another one could be for branding, another one could be staff, neatness, smartness, so whatever it is, as long as you identify the strategy. What shall you do in order to beat your competitors? And this must be known by everyone because as you're making a decision, it has to be dependent on the strategy. A story is told, uh, I think Chris shared this story with me. There is a hotel in one of those countries whose one of their strategies is customer satisfaction. Yeah? And they will do anything to satisfy the customer. It is so much that even the cleaners, the chefs, the waiters have a budget to spend without notifying management as long as they're going to satisfy a customer. So if a cleaner is cleaning the, clean, uh, the Andrew's room and damages the shoe, the cleaner can make a decision to go and replace that shoe without any paperwork. Because decisions are made around certain things. Are we together? In Doug and Bragan, customer satisfaction is key. So it doesn't matter what you do. Spend it as long as you're satisfying the customer. Even if you're making a loss, but the customer must be happy. 
You can repeat that work five times as long as the customer will be happy. So those are largely, what thing is it that you will use to ensure that you succeed, that you beat your competitors? Okay? And may change due to competitive landscape, shifts, or market conditions. An organization strategy is nothing more than the collection of intentional decisions a company makes to give itself the best chance to thrive and differentiate from the competitors. And like I said, it's a very interesting exercise. Very interesting. We're wondering if we should bring some of those tools here, but we'll discuss that. So, worship harvest. Celebration, connection, commission, partnership, and leadership. So at worship harvest, we know that celebration is garage, our upward relationship with God. Connection is the MCs who connect with each other. And then commission is what we do out of worship harvest. Yeah? Frontiers. Those are our key three things. You know, I've always sung around. Going to get into an MC. Come to garage, get into an MC, do a frontier. And then partnership with other churches around us and also raising leaders. So those are five. So we know that one, once we do those things, we will succeed as a church. For MTN, stakeholder value, customer experience, sustainable growth, innovation. I can't explain that a lot, but it makes a lot of sense. Then, uh, Doug and Bragan, on-time delivery is key. Quality service is key, and health and safety are key. We know that if we do those three things, we will beat our competition. So the question to yourself is, how will you succeed? What is that that you will do in order to beat your competitors? Okay, question number five, second last. What is most important right now? So you've done your why, you have done your what you do, your values are set, and your strategy. The next thing is what is most important right now? Now, as you do your strategy, you might come up with several action plans, but here I'm saying get one at a time. Fix a time period to it and sort it out. Yeah? and sort it out. What, what will have the most immediate and tangible, what, what is that that you can do that will have the most immediate and tangible results? Yeah? Or impact on the organization. <laughs> Emergency responders. People who go to rescue others, they know what to do. Yeah? What's most important right now is to rescue a life. be it a fire, be it an accident. So for them, it's, I just brought that to relate that everyone is focused onto that one thing. So if everything is important, nothing is actually important. Yeah? Uh, I know organizations, when there's an audit, whatever kind of audit, they rally around to make sure they prepare for the audit. Yeah? Be it financial, systems, whatever. Especially if it's from a major client or from URA. Or NSSF, you make sure you prepare for that audit. Everyone stops what they are doing and focus on that. Yeah? Although in this case, everyone else should do what they are supposed to do, but the energy is bent towards that one thing that you are going to tackle, that you picked up from your strategy. Yeah? So the thematic goal, which is normally singular, qualitative, not, quali not quantitative, is temporary and is known by the leadership team as well as everyone else. And then you can tag objectives to it that are measurable, and they're also known by everyone else. Yeah? So, examples are here. <clears throat> For example, worship harvest. Connection is a strategy, right? 
So the goal is to increase the number of missional communities. So create one MC for every 30 people. So everyone focuses on that thing. Yeah? Driving sustainable growth, for example, MTN, voice and data evolution, data revenues per month. I couldn't put a figure there, or someone will say, where did you get that from? Quality services, reduce customer complaints. What are you focusing on? Five trainings per month per department. So you all of you zero down to that one thing. Yeah? <clears throat> For every season. So the question to ask is what is the what is most important right now? And then who must do what? Every goal that you've set should have someone tagged to it to report to you, to push for it, to be like the team leader, the, the flag bearer for that particular uh, action. Yeah? So, and like I said, all these things are very basic. They are very, very basic. Why do we exist? How do we behave? What do we do? How will we succeed? What is important right now? And who must do? What? True empowerment is in clear and consistent messages. So, we need to create clarity. If every member in, this, in your organization can respond to these things, then you have a healthy organization. You reduce the politics. Because everyone knows where you're going. Yeah? And what, the, what health does, health can catalyze the other smart objectives. Every other strategy that you have. If you're healthy, if there's a challenge because of the health, you can sort it out quickly and faster. Unlike smart organizations, it's very difficult to develop health of the organization if you're focused on smart. Yeah? So, if you can respond to those six questions, and every member of your team can respond to those six questions, you're healthy and you're due for multiplication. Yeah? Now, finally, on at, uh, at, uh, I didn't even related it to this, at uh, Transform, Moses talked about momentum. Yeah? Focus and intensity. I didn't see it in this light, you know? That after creating clarity, the next thing to do is to over-communicate it. Talk about it. That's why we have these slides on Sunday, uh, every Sunday, of why we exist as Worship Harvest. So every meeting, I've been to Worship Harvest meeting, it is steep, and you're thinking, but I've never had this thing, you know, eh? And you, before you know it, it has become part of you. Yeah? So we need to overemphasize and communicate clarity. Make it known in your meetings, in your trainings. Make sure those six things come out. Yeah? Both leadership and operational teams and other teams. And finally, reinforce clarity. Hmm? Intensity. Reinforce what? Clarity. Focus on that thing and hit the hammer in. Yeah? And here they say you build systems, clarity systems around everything else. So, if your why is developing people, then make sure in your processes there's a lot of developing people. So it becomes a part of the culture. Yeah? So, those three, uh, the discipline three and four are very, very key. Once you find the six, answer the six questions, the next thing is to over-communicate clarity, Reinforce clarity. I recommend that you buy the book. Yeah? I recommend that you buy the book. And ladies and gentlemen, that is about 
creating clarity. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555. 